Welcome to the Institute's Leading Edge, a show dedicated to giving automotive professionals the tools and education needed to succeed. The topics we cover are all geared towards running a better business, leading a better life, and ultimately changing the industry for, well, the better. Here's what's coming up. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of shop owners that kind of feel like this business sucks and I'm stuck in it. I don't know what else to do. That kind of attitude permeates the whole shop. So when the owner's given up, then the employees have given up. So the culture that you create, yes, it helps employee retention. Yes, it helps the individual. It helps your team like work better and be more efficient. But not only that, it makes you a more desirable business for somebody to come in and spend their money at. You can feel it. You can feel the environment. We need your help. By submitting questions or topics to info at wearetheinstitute.com, we can continue to provide relevant content to you, the listener. But for now, what are we waiting for? Let's get into it. Welcome, everybody, to the Institute's Leading Edge. My name is Kent. I'll be your host today on episode, what is it, 85, uh, Culture of Gratitude. Dad, what did you say at lunch? You said um, uh, an attitude of gratitude. Attitude of gratitude. Although I said I, I struggle with the attitude of gratitude because I always look <laughs> at what's wrong and not what's right in the world. So, yeah. so, so those of you who are watching, um, remember, you can like this video and share it. It helps us out. It tells the algorithm that we're good stuff. And uh, only if you enjoy the content, though. Uh, but we want to make sure that other shops can benefit from this content as well. So if you enjoy it, it was educational, you learned something, please give us a like and a share. And uh, also, if you guys have any questions or comments, please hit those down. We are watching in the comment section down below. We'd love to answer those and engage with you uh, so that you can be part of the discussion. Uh, let's introduce our panelists today. Obviously, myself, Kent, my dad, Cecil. Um, but we have Bree Cole from Elite Auto uh, Rhode Island and Julia Matt from Victoria Auto Service. Thank you guys for being a part of this podcast. Um, we're very excited to talk about this topic because it you. seems even just recently in some of the conversations I've had with some clients that there is a lack of appreciation uh, in, in a multifaceted uh, way. And I'd love to get into that. So again, if you guys have any comments or questions, please let us know in the comment section down below. So culture is important for any automotive business, right? Uh, but always seems to trend higher during the holidays as shops are focusing on sharing the gratitude uh, with their staff. Tell us maybe a little bit about your position on that and how you've kind of seen that culture affect your business. And uh, I don't know, Julie, Julie, if you want to start that off. Yeah, sure. I'd love to. Um, so I guess just to clarify, you want to talk about how the culture of gratitude, especially at the end of the year, affects our business? We Well, it's a, it's a great place to start because that's when it's a little more prominent. But there are areas yeah. that I'd love to get into about gratitude in, in a more focused area, a little more okay. um, situational. So, okay, so well, wanna, well, I'll start with the... Oh, go ahead. One of the biggest complaints from employees about their employer, whoever it is, <clears throat> is that they don't feel appreciated. Mm -hmm. And I, I think this ties into um, the attitude of gratitude. You know, are we thankful for what we have, even if what we have is not perfect or exactly what we want? And then I would tell you, I don't think that we ever necessarily get everything we want because our wants and needs change as things happen in our lives. Um and, and so are you, you know, a glass is half full person or a glass is half empty person or, 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 you know, and how does that affect your business? 
Yeah. Um, well, thanks for clarifying. So, I mean, I personally tend to lean on the glasses half full side, but in our organization, our company um, here at Victory, we have a myriad of different kinds of people, right? We all, we're all different. Um, so some of us, it, you know, showing gratitude, it comes more naturally and others of us, we have to put work into it. Um, and even for me, when it comes naturally to me, I still have to be purposeful to do it because you can just be so busy with whatever you got to get done that you're just not thinking of that. You're just thinking of your tasks. Um, so I, I definitely have to be purposeful for it, but for our company, um, I guess, during the holiday season. So we always have a year end party, um, that we celebrate the year accomplishments, um, our hard work. And then we always like to do something for our employees just to show them that we do appreciate them. Um, and as Kent was saying, I mean, it can go beyond that, just that time of year, uh, which I for sure try to do that. Um, but that's always that, that party that we have every year is something that, we always look forward to, and uh, we always have lots of funny memories after that we talk about throughout the years. I thought you were going to go. No, I'm I'm waiting for you, brother. Okay. <laughs> so, so gratitude is not only with the employees and the business itself, or vice versa, but it also has to deal with like the customers. You know, I mean, just the other day I was talking to a shop and their, their techs were complaining about having to work on POS, you know, this POS car. I I don't know. You know, I I hate this, but it was the work that's there, you know? And so how, what I'm, I'm kind of looking for is, is how do we, how do we translate or how are we looking at gratitude in, in, in the business and in various parts, right? Are our technicians grateful for the vehicles that they're working on, right? How are they dealing with customers and that kind of thing? I I think that you have to, first of all, have some idea of what it is you want. So I think setting goals and targets is, is one of those things that helps you appreciate things because if it's very loose, like, um, you know, I want to make, I want to make money this year. I want to pay off my bills this year, whatever that is. If it's so loose that it's hard to measure, you don't know when you've achieved it, when you've you've gotten there. And so I think when you're when you're working with staff by creating even short term goals like uh, this this week we're going to work on I don't know our uh, our our uh, our productivity, and then being able to sit down with your staff and go look, wow, you know we did this and we did this, and look at what happened. You know our productivity went up by. 10%. I mean, that's fantastic. I mean, and, and maybe it it's now at 80% instead of 70% and it's not at 110 where maybe as an owner, you want it, but, but I think you have to give routine feedback that says we're, we're going there. And I, I would also say we've watched um, because, because of what we do as a consulting company, we have all kinds of different companies that come into our groups or that we work with as, as consultants. And we've watched um, employee, you know, you, you go into a shop where everyone's kind of disengaged, meaning, you know, they're there, they're, they're doing their job, but they're not excited about it. They're not, you know, focused. They're not pushing hard. They're just doing their job and getting a check. Mm -hmm. And I think when the owners um, start to, to format a plan and the employees can see that there's a, not only is there some kind of a plan, but we're working towards it. In other words, we're making, 
changes and adjustments in the business to make their lives better, as well as our own, of course, and and create a, a good product for our customer. But I think when the employees can see that, it starts to build um, kind of an excitement. Um, Absolutely. And I, yeah. And I think there's a lot of um, shop owners that kind of feel like this business sucks and I'm stuck in it. I don't know what else to do. I don't know how to be profitable where I'm at. And that and that that kind of attitude kind of permeates the whole shop. So when the owner's given up, then the employees have given up. Right. So I think one of the things we can do to create more gratitude in our company, first of all, I think we have to be grateful. And and second of all, I think we need to have some kind of goals and some kind of a a plan. Even if even if our plan doesn't necessarily work, but if it gets us one step closer to the target and we can point that out, I think we create um, some excitement. At first, it, maybe it's very small, but when they haven't had any, a little excitement, right. be, it can go a long way. What if we told you that you could get quality training and education conveniently and without emptying your pockets? Our gear platform presents great education and resources for automotive shops, courses led by experts inside and outside our industry, a community of like-minded people to engage with, and a resource library at your fingertips. With a monthly membership, you can gain access to every course we have in the library, as well as the multiple courses we add each and every month. With the ability to watch wherever and whenever you'd like, the right training is more easily accessed than ever before. For help with improving your business, Go to wearetheinstitute.com and take your first course today. Bree, what do you have planned for the, the holidays? Um, regarding the business? Yeah, or, yeah, regarding your team. So, the so culture, really, all that. just for my team, I know that we do, it's not really Christmas now um, or then, but we do Christmas in July. We split it up every six months. We'll do Christmas in July and then also a Christmas for Christmas time for the holidays. Um Kate, the other owner, she's going to make dinner for or a lunch for Thanksgiving. Um, and we also, like Julia, we'll have a Christmas party. Uh, we'll all go out together and dine together. Uh, really something like she said, we look forward to it. Uh, just to have a lot of laughs, end of the year stuff, joke about things, let loose and and hit off the next year with a bang on a collective note. Awesome. So, yeah. yeah. I, was, I was just, you know, we're talking about this because it's, it's November and, uh, you know, Thanksgiving is right around the corner. So it's, it's a, it's a time to be grateful and, and be thankful and all that. And so, uh, just seeing like there's, there's businesses out there. They don't, they don't do anything. It's just, all right, you're off for the holidays. I'll see you back when we're ready, you know, and how, how damaging can that be to a business? Mm. It's a I think number. Yeah. I think if you're not celebrating routinely, I mean, it's really nice to have Christmas and Thanksgiving because they remind us, right? Thanksgiving, we're supposed to be thankful. You know, we have a, uh, even though maybe things aren't perfect in our society today, um, you know, there's food in the refrigerator. I can go make myself a sandwich or, you know, a meal. Um, and, and, and for most of us, you know, our lives are, I think we forget how complex, how how easy or hard life was, you know, a hundred years ago. You know, um, my uh, uh, father and mother didn't have an indoor bathroom when they started out when they were young. It was they had a an outhouse, and uh, in some uh, places they didn't have electricity. And you know, we can go home and turn on our TV. 
uh, you know, we, we, we pull up our phones and we're, we're, we can communicate or play games or, or whatever, but we, so in some ways our lives are much simpler because I can go to the grocery store. Uh, I can turn on the electricity at home, keep my house warm. I don't have to go out necessarily and chop wood and, you know, all of that, uh, just so I can survive the winter. But in a, in a lot of ways, our lives are more complicated uh, and, and we're more distracted now than ever. And we forget to let people know how much we care about them and, and how much we actually appreciate what they do, you know, for us and for our companies. And so, you know, thank, thank, thank heaven. There's, there's, there's Thanksgiving and Christmas because without it, maybe, you know, maybe we would never tell our, our, our people how we like them. I think one of the things that's super important really is that Ken, you're you're the big guy about planning, like you know, sitting down once a day and pulling out your your um, you know your your thing and saying I've got these jobs today and and all that. I think we have to schedule um, time, to what I call smell the roses time, in in our in our calendars where we 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 put all our cares aside, you know. So you know, uh, oh my shoulder hurts, my back hurts. The, you know, last week wasn't a great week for us. It, you know, we didn't hit our goals and targets and blah, blah, blah. But we got to throw all that aside at some point and go, you know, things are pretty damn good. You know, I mean, our lives are, I got a car. I can go where I want. I can go when I want. If I want to go out to eat, I can go out to eat, have somebody else make a meal for me. And it's a pretty dang good meal. Um, and so I think. I think literally one of the things we should do now is is schedule that sometime in our our weekly calendar that says be grateful, right? Just just take 10 minutes and and think about what you're grateful for and the people around you and then go tell somebody, you know, thank you. Um uh, and I know I don't do it. I mean, I know I'm like I'm like everybody else. I'm you know, I'm so tied up and most of the time I'm looking at the glass being half empty. And thinking about the 15 things that are going wrong today or didn't go exactly how I wanted, but I forget about the the 500 things that are right in my life. So, right? so, mm-hmm. so Julia, I know you manage a pretty large team. Uh, how are you continually? How are you keeping your gra- attitude of gratitude up with your team throughout the year? Yeah. So, yeah. So here at Victory, we have nine locations. Um, and so we do have a big team and to get to be able to talk to everybody and to be the example and Cecil, um, I loved what you said. I mean, it absolutely can be a discipline and something that you practice regularly. Um, but the way, I mean, the way that we do it is communication, I guess. So, I mean, if we have stores all over, um, we have to be emailing, we have to be calling, uh, checking in, see how they're doing. And then, um, one of the things that is my favorite. So we are big into reviews. We love reviews. We check them, we respond to them. Um, and a customer that sends us a really awesome review, um, and really praises like one of our team members or a shop. Uh, I blast it out to everybody and I like add their boss in it. I, I mean, I add the whole team. Um, and I, you know, and there's other people that do this too in our company. Um, but we'll say, Hey, 
you know, Brian, what an amazing job you did with this customer. You know, this is so cool to see. And then everybody pitches in, uh, even the other managers and stuff, and they'll congratulate that person on a job well done. Um, so just involving, involving everybody else in praising uh, somebody for something well that they did. I'm sure you can hear this. We're in an auto shop, lots of background noise. Um, anyways, but just involving, involving the team, doing it first, leading by example, but then giving everybody else the opportunity to be a part of that. Um, I can, I can see definitely an impact by doing those kinds of things. I'm taking notes, you know, blast out the good reviews to the entire company, involve the yes. team in praise, practice yeah. gratitude through your communication. Mm. Gratitude yeah. is a discipline. I think, I think I would add to that, do meaningful things. Um, because I think sometimes we do things that are like they're necessary. Like our our company meetings as of late, we, we do weekly meetings and I think they're super important. But I think we're missing that. I mean, we're doing them, but we're missing that like this is really important and and there's meaning meaning in this. And it's a meaningful thing for us <laughs> to interact and 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 you know talk really talk about the successes that we're having. Um and 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 as the leader of the company, I think Kent, you're probably equal in that. In that, but for myself, I think I'm falling short there because um, we should be celebrating more, and we're we're not celebrating as much as we should be celebrating. I think. Yeah, well, me and you have kind of had our our heads down. We've had a lot of work we've been doing with, uh, you know, um, with RLO and and putting the company services together. It's been it's been uh, yeah for anybody out there who's who's gone and done an acquisition or bought another company and, and done that. It's a, it's a pretty big ordeal. So, but the, but the thing is we, we, we know it, we've caught it and we're likely to adjust our approach. So, um, but yeah, Bree, what, uh, what do you guys do to keep things uh, in a good headspace? Um, you know, mainly for me, I'm, I'm like, you know, Ken, I'm really new to this role as the service manager, but it doesn't stop me from continuing the things that I've done prior to being in this role. Um, I, you know, for myself, what works for me usually tends to work for other people. So I'm a high fiver. I'm a, Hey, great job doing that. I'll walk by a service writer and say, Hey, you know, I heard your conversation with so-and-so client. You spoke with enthusiasm. You showed the drop job. Awesome. You know, keep up with that. Same with the technicians. Um, just reiterate that what they're doing is a great job. And if they're not try and be as positive with that reinforcement as, as you can be. I always, I always think people oh, are, somebody. yeah, I, I've got, I've got young kids and I always find similar comparisons. You know, everybody's just a, a little kid who just wants to know that they matter. That's it. <laughs> wants to know that they, Absolutely. They, are, they exist. As little as it may seem, it goes such a long way. You don't even know the impact it may have on that person. So. I think I think when you're like when I was a tech and I was fixing cars, the fixing the car was kind of like it got got my energy because I could fix the car. And then when I became a service advisor, making the sale. And in in our shop, we used to have this. We wanted to have a bell, so like for every thousand dollars that you sold, you could ring the bell. But we kind of thought, well, if the client heard that as they were walking out, right, I'm ringing this bell <laughs> six thousand. I did it. <laughs> <laughs> so instead we were like, we, we were like, we were doing gang sites. Like, you know, I sold two grand or I sold three grand. We, we would do little things like that in for sales. 
to keep everybody up. But I think that as time has gone by, now I'm in a consulting company. We're not we're not selling every day. We're not we're not fixing cars every day. Um, you know, how do we find those things that we can go? Hey, you know, you did that. You knocked it out of the park. And I I think that's another thing we have to constantly be looking for even little things that we can talk about that are positive. And, and, and I think if you do that, uh, as opposed to, you know, playing the blame game or, or looking to who do you, you know, that card wheel fell off of that car. Oh my, whose head are we going to chop off? Right. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. The wheel fell off. Nobody got hurt. How do we fix it? So the wheel doesn't fall off. And then, well, wait a minute over here, somebody really had a difficult car that they, they figured out. I mean, they did something amazing. You know, this thing that's amazing ought to be more important necessarily than that wheel that fell off. And, and I don't know that it is a lot of times. Th- those things that go wrong, we we seem to pick out and pay it. You know, it's that one angry customer today. I might have nine customers that are just, oh, thank you so much. And they buy everything. And then one guy comes up and he's he's crappy and he gives me a hard time. And then all of a sudden I'm down. Because one person in my company, you know, that came in was a was right. a turd today, right? Yeah, and and I think we got to be, you know, throw that one away and let's look at the nine, right? Let's look at the other stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And I wish I I had the answer to how to really do that, but I think, you know, again, if if you put reminders out there and if you create like habits of finding something good in everybody, I mean. Mm-hmm. I, I I had a for the longest time I had a note on my computer, and it said if you want to manage, if you want to be a manager, manage, and 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 so you know if you want to be this kind of person in this position, then you have to do the action that it takes, and so I I would say maybe we need to put a note that that says you know look for something good today to thank somebody for or or you know to to, to talk about company wide, and if we did that long enough. Even though I don't have that little sign, I still think about that sign that was there for the longest time on my computer. So I want to shift gears here um, and kind of give, because we've talked about, we, we've been talking about gratitude for a little bit here. And I'm sure the people who are listening are going, oh yeah, that's that's great. That's all nice. And it's great that we all feel special, you know, but why why should we care? Why should we care about this? Well, I can I can tell you right now, and I'm I'm gonna I'll try to be short and give other people more time, which is difficult for me. But um, <laughs> we um, we just talk be, over him. <laughs> we yeah, just jump in. We need to have first of all, we need to have successful companies, and successful companies mean successful people that work here, and and there aren't enough of those people in our world today. I, I don't care if you're running an automotive shop or a, a restaurant frankly, there just aren't enough really good people. And who wants to work in a place where you're not appreciated? I think people work more for appreciation than they do for money. I mean, you have to, you have to pay them and you have to pay them well, but you know, it's, it's, it, people leave businesses all the time for a dollar an hour. And, and, and are they really leaving for a dollar an hour or are they leaving because something else isn't isn't good. We want to have this really good culture and this happy culture in our companies mm-hmm. because it will, it will keep and attract happier people, which make my life better. Right. Having those people around me. There so, have been tons of studies and articles um, 
all about that and all about why people leave companies. And um, I guess to answer Ken's question, why should we care? I mean, that's a huge reason, a huge reason why we should care. But also, I mean, like tons of experts. I'm, I'm not an expert in this field, but I like listening to them uh, and hearing what they have to say. And they say that gratitude is also like very important for your own well-being um, and your own, not just your mental health, but like your overall health. Uh, taking time and like seriously on a regular basis, taking account of what you're grateful for. Um, and just refocusing your mind. And when you're doing that yourself, I mean, when you're a leader and you are doing that yourself, it rubs off on other people. Um, you can't, you can't lead without setting the example first, unless you're a do as I say, not as I do, which as anybody with kids knows that does not work. It does not work. (laughs) (laughs) My mom's famous statement. I think you can be successful short-term uh, kind of bullying people as as a manager or an owner, um, but I don't think that you can ever have any kind of long-term yeah. And you know success. what? How how hard is that emotionally? It's horrible. It, it drains you. Yeah, and the and your team. The the leading cause of death is stress, and and if you're looking at everything that's wrong in your life instead of the the ninety percent of the things that are right and and working, then you're you're just gonna it's a big, it's a downhill slope. It's a very drastic downhill slope. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, my session this morning with uh, Brian, we were talking about, we, we kind of looked back at when we first started with him and where he's at now. And he's overcome some, some stuff, you know, like he got hit with uh, an audit that, I mean, when I, when we first started with him, that would have destroyed him, you know, and so we were kind of going through and he's, he's, he's like, all right, it's all handled now. We got that all covered. We're great to go. And we just kind of spent the session looking back at the progress that's been made. And it was kind of nice for him to go. Yeah. That, we have made progress. You know, it's, it's wonderful. And I'm not stressed out anymore. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm doing really good. We've got a good team going. And so it's, it's, it's kind of nice. It gets your, your momentum back up because I know that it continually pushing to achieve can be really, uh, it drains you, you know? And so taking that time to be reflective, I've got it on my calendar and Bree knows that I do it every Friday. I do a review, a review and a reset. And that's part of it is, is being grateful and looking back at my successes and what I have. Um, but it's a great opportunity for you to recharge a little bit, you know, give you more momentum. Yes, I am successful. Yes, I have this stuff. And I've got that. I know that I can, I can do more. I can keep going. It's just think, taking the time to force yourself to do that. That's, that's why I schedule that has it. to get built. Yeah. So my dad was talking about scheduling. So I even wrote it down here. So schedule points of gratitude where you can mm-hmm. put that into your calendar. I, I already do that. Um, but Point definitely go, doing Ken. it more well for myself, <laughs> but I should do it. I should do it in that instance. He's talking about so our team meetings. We should definitely right. do that. I, I'm, I've added it to my list. I want to make sure that we're hitting some point of gratitude with the team during those meetings. Can so. I tell you a team meeting uh, gratitude thing that's kind of fun? Yes. Um, I, I haven't done this in my meetings uh, here at our company, but I've done this with an organization I'm involved with. And uh, the gal that leads our meetings, she asks our team, um, you know, I want to hear from either last week or last month, 
the last two months. It depends on the frequency of the meeting. But anyways, I want to hear from all of you what our wins were. Um, and so the team then has an opportunity to share what the wins that they were or what they witnessed and shout out other team members. Um, and I always like so have that sense, okay, are we wasting time right now doing this? But then seeing the camaraderie that is built, seeing the momentum that we have, and then how our minds are open to learning whatever the new material is that we're learning. Like it's, it's phenomenal and it's worth the time. And she takes like 10 minutes to do it. It doesn't feel rushed. Um, and then after that, we go over what things we would want to improve, um, as a team and, uh, it's phenomenal. So it's fun when you not are just saying it at people, but when you're involving, uh, your team to give feedback to and shout each other out. Yeah, that's we, great. Dad, we remember you were we just saying the SWOT Monday, analysis thing. We did the SWOT in analysis. Our company. Like, Why does it end with threat? Yeah, that's we such a bad I don't want to end with up. threat. I want to end with wow, we got so many great opportunities <laughs> here. And and you know, it's it's um it's a it, it, we do a SWOT analysis about half the time at the end of our meetings. And it's kind of cool, you know, um, you know, what's the good stuff and and blah blah blah. And then Last is threats. I I don't want to end with threats anymore. I know it's so scary. We were like, that's a that's a horrible end note to end on. It's your company. You can mix it up. I know, right? (laughs) We will. We will. Um, but I think you're right. I think I think one of the everything we're we're creatures of habit, humans, and and we if we're not thoughtful, we we our habits can overtake us and that are not good, right? And that's that. Definitely. That's that funk that we can get in, and that that you know, I I I I've never uh, um, drank, so I'm I, I don't drink alcohol, never really have, but I know some people that that you know they have one drink and then one leads to two and two leads to four, and and if they if they were thoughtful and they said okay I've had one drink and and now I'm done I stop it, it I think it's because the the thought process isn't there we have to be thoughtful about where our minds are going and where we're spending our time and energy. And mm-hmm. I, I don't think we are most of the time because we're so busy. It just seemed, I mean, I don't know about you, but my job and what I do seems almost overwhelming, you know, most days. Right. Mm-hmm. And well, that's, that's why I say, you know, in my sessions and Bruce, Bruce heard this, but if I can't manage my own time, I have no right to manage others time. Mm-hmm. PTO, maybe. <laughs> but it, but it's it's to that thing you know like if we're if we've got our heads down in the in the trenches and we're not paying attention our job as a leader is to make sure that we're you know we're the what do they call that the rooster we're the ones looking out we're the right. ones spotting we have to we have to be able to see above the grass line at where we need to go hmm. that's could, our could job you, could you imagine if we if we spent our time as owners managers thinking about our staff and how we could help them be successful. You know, what could I do for Kent today? What could I do for Bree today that would make mm-hmm. I like this. I like this. If we, <laughs> if, instead of, instead of, well, you know, Kent's not doing this and Bree's not doing that. Julia's not doing that. Cecil's not doing this. If, if we spent more of our time saying, how could we help that person be successful? I think a really good manager, they, most of their time should not be spent on, in a, in a shop writing service or working on cars or even necessarily struggling with the numbers and trying to put the numbers together. I think mm-hmm. most of their time should be spent. How do I help this person overcome whatever challenge they have? How do I help them win in their position? Right. Yep. And, and if we did that, 
um, with, with a majority of our time and, and, and really focused on helping our people, not only would they, would they be better, their numbers would be better, our business would be better, but I think we'd, we'd live in a much happier um, family, right? Um, in, and, and I think that's where we need, we need to be, we need to create those habits that, that, that do that for us. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to, I'm going to interrupt. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I, I was just going to say, and ultimately by helping your team get to where they want to go, you're going to be getting to where you want to go um, as the byproduct. If you've done it right. It's great. Right? Yeah. I've, I mean, I've always said, leave your funk at the door. I heard that today on a podcast and, you know, leave it at the door. I, I could have had the worst night last night, um, family issues and all that, but I come in and I lead by example. I'm the one that sets the yeah. tone. So. Well, you talk yeah. about, you talk about segregating your time. So this is an, a, an agreement I've had with my wife for a little while that, you know, when I'm at work, I, I'm a hundred percent at work. Mm. Uh, most people are not, you know, I, I'm not a hundred percent. That's, that's a bold statement. I, I try to be a hundred percent. And, and that being, uh, what, what I'm getting at is I don't want to spend 30% of my energy during that time on that thing. Like if I'm at work, I shouldn't be thinking about my family. I shouldn't be thinking about, you know, my friends and stuff outside of the business, because if I'm engaged hundred percent, then I'll get more out of the time I'm spending there and vice versa. If I'm at home, I shouldn't be thinking about, Oh man, I really should have done this at work. I should have done that. No, I should be hundred percent engaged with my, my kids and my wife and my family. And having those points of segregation of your time and your attention is really important. When I come in during it, it, in the beginning of the day, I'm at work. This is what's going on now. Obviously, I'll be available if there's a family emergency and all that. But I've talked with my wife about that. Say, look, I, I need to be focused here so that I can make this work well and spend my time as efficiently as possible. Mm. I, th- I think Try, shutting it off at night—that's tough. Yeah. It, <laughs> Good job. It's nice. It's nice. I write it out. I do yeah. my I do my review at the end of the day. I clean off my desk and I'm like, all right, I'm out, and then I don't think about it. I'm at, I'm at home, you know? Yeah. I think our, our families need to know that they're the most important things in our lives. And, and even if I'm at work, if something is going on with my family that I need to know about, then I want to know about it. If my kids are, are, or my grandkids now are being rushed to the hospital, you better call me and let me know because now I can make a decision, you know, do I leave work and go to the hospital and make sure they're okay or, or, you know, get whatever information, stay here. And, but, but I think also when I'm at work, I need to be at work and I need to have as few interruptions and, and I don't want to have a lot of my luggage from my family on my back when I'm at work. I, I mean, I that, and that's, that's, what I was going to say, I'm not heartless. Yeah. <laughs> the the right. point of, the point of being hundred percent engaged while I'm at work is so that I'm taking advantage of that time. I mean, the whole reason I'm spending time away from my family is so that I have a, a, source of income that can provide them the life that I would like them to have. And, and if I'm, if I'm split in my attention and my engagement and I'm not being productive during that time and being engaged during that time, then I'm robbing them of the success that I could have. If I was hundred percent engaged, we, we can't have our, our business so overwhelm us that we can't shut down and spend time with our families and not be thinking about work. And I think there, there are too many automotive shops, technicians, owners, et cetera, 
that spend 12, 14 hours a day at their shop and, and to the expense of their families. I, when I'm here for the eight to nine hours that I might be here, or even six, depending on the day or four, I want to be here. I want to be focused on what I need to do, which isn't the easiest thing. And then when I go home, I want to be focused on home and, and my wife and my kids and whatever else I, I want to do there. And I don't know. I think there's too many of us in this industry that are just literally overwhelmed by our businesses and it doesn't allow us to have our family lives. The most crucial interaction our customer has with us is with our service advisors. So why not have it be with someone who's confident and capable? We train hundreds of top performing advisors utilizing the latest technology, tactics, resources, and training methods. Placing them in a group of their peers, our training keeps them accountable, engaged, and dynamic at the counter. We believe in developing career-oriented advisors so that they have a place they can call home and you don't have to stress anymore about turnover. If you're looking for the next sales training opportunity to provide your advisor with the best possible outcome, experience what it's like to have an institute-trained advisor. Book a discovery call today at weartheinstitute.com. There's a lot of sales training programs out there, so why not choose the right one? Mm-hmm. No, that's a great point, guys. And that's when you're not so overwhelmed, you can feel uh, like you have some more time to think about things like gratitude and company culture and stuff. Yeah, that's good. That's good uh, practice. There has gonna, to be separation. Yeah. I'm going to cut in here uh, just for a quick ad break. And thank you guys for watching. If you are or listening, uh, those of you who are listening to this on our podcast, uh, if you enjoyed the content and you learned something or you just were able to get a little reminder to be thankful for the things in your life, give us a like and a share so that uh, the algorithm says that uh, we've got good stuff and that other people can benefit from that good stuff. Um, Take a look at our upcoming workshops uh, on our main site, weartheinstitute.com. We have a newly added NAPA BDG course that we're doing. It's not only NAPA. Anybody can join that course. We have a couple listed up uh, on the site for 2022 and some this uh, for the rest of the year. In fact, I'm teaching one on December 9th about managing yourself as an owner or a manager. And you can check that out in person. See this face in person and uh, uh, get some of the stuff that we've been talking about today. Let's get back to uh, questions, though. So I want to I want to shift again, let's talk about what are some of the red flags that maybe aren't as apparent that shop owners should be looking for when it comes to bad culture in their or toxic culture in their businesses. Do you have that guy who works for you that you kind of throw in a back corner and he does a lot of work, but nobody wants to talk to him and you don't even want to go out there and hand him a work order? Yes. That's a flag. Right. I mean, that's a get rid of that guy or that person, guy, gal, whatever you everybody. We're a family here in a way. Right. Work is a it's a little different family, but it's a family. And if you have that one, I mean, you know, if you have that angry uncle, that's a little weird. You can't get rid of him because he's related to you. But when he's in your business, you, you can get rid of him out of your business. It's not it's not the same. Um, that's a, that's a huge flag. If you've got that employee that you're literally, if it makes your hair on the back, of your neck stand up, or it makes your stomach kind of, you know, we've all know that feeling when there's something that kind of, it's a little scary or, or intense for us. And our stomach kind of grabs up. If you have someone at your employee that in your employee that does that to you, 
you can't have that person because it, they're not only doing it to you, they're doing it to everybody. And that also affects how your customers, your clients see you. And Definitely. With you also. Right. Yeah. To go off of what you said, Cecil, we actually, in fact, did, we had a technician um, just recently that we had to let go simply because it wasn't his work that was the factor. It was the technicians, fellow technicians were very unhappy with him. He he would have a question and then not answer or not, not listen and, and really just overtake everybody in that conversation. So um, he didn't fit our culture. He wasn't willing to learn. He thought he knew everything. And although his work was great, I, I just didn't work out for him here. So um, we were lucky enough to actually have somebody walk in two days later, 12 years European experience. And he makes everybody laugh in the back of the shop. I mean, I had amazing in the last four days I have heard, all all three other technicians laughing and joking and having a great time. So just from last week to this week has been an incredible change from that. Isn't it kind of amazing when you get rid of that toxic person, how right. the, the, the universe provides mm. you know, the, just the, Very- the right person walks through the door and everybody kind of picks up the slack a little bit in your company and they're all happier. And, and for some reason that also in, in, includes increased performance. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm a very, I don't know, I'm a kind, kind of a black and white guy. And, and years ago, one of those shelves up there, it's all self-help stuff. So I, I started reading all these self-help books and, you know, it, all of them, they're like, oh, the universe will provide. If you put it out there, it'll come back, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, this is, this is crap. Right. But it's not, I mean, it is, if you create the right environment, if you have the right people, if you, you know, if you actively pursue happiness and, and joy, um, the universe provides that, that, that guy walks through your door. You're thinking, Oh my God, how am I going to get all this work done? And now, Oh, Oh. And then do, 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 do the guy walks through it and, and here you go. Right. It's, it's amazing to me how, how that all works out when you're in the right place. What, what are some of the red flags that you've seen, Julia? Um, I, I so I guess I'll, say a red flag and on the opposite side is the green flag. Um, but Cecil, he, he was mentioning something earlier, but you know, when something goes wrong, is your, is your team looking to blame somebody? Are they blaming each other? Does nobody want to take responsibility for what happened? Um, to me, that's a red flag. That's a red flag that the culture is not good. Um, there should be grace for, uh, you know, an accident that happens or whatever. Um, and then I would say the reverse on that, the green flag is noticing your team helping each other out. I mean, is somebody willing to stop the job that they're doing to run over and answer a question for another tech? Um, but I mean, I, I seeing that, like I said, we have a bunch of different shops. And so um, I've, def- I've definitely seen both over the many years. And um when it's the red flag version, we know that there's some work to do, right? And that we got we got to figure out what's going on there. Um, but I think one of the best things is a team that wants to build each other up and help each other um, and not feel the need to cast blame on each other. Uh, that That's a sign of a really good culture in my eyes. I think there's a couple of phrases that, that would be real red flags for me. And one is, that's not my job. And the second one is, I don't get paid for that. And whenever I hear that, for me, that's like a huge red flag that something's not right because right. Um, I may, if I'm doing my job right, then I'm helping other people. I might be doing someone else's job who needs my help today because tomorrow they may be helping me. And, right. And I just, for me, I mean, that's one of the things that will also set me off as a manager or an owner. If someone says, 
well, that's not my job. Whoa, 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 right? Yeah, it may not be actually in your job description, but right now that's what right. I need you to do. Um, so those are to me are, are kind of red flags. And I I think we have to be very conscious about blame. And we want to like literally eradicate blame out of our businesses, except in the very few times where there really needs to be this this person is um has has made the same mistake five times, then we there there needs to be some some accountability here. Um, and, and I think, um, Julia said it in, in a way that I, that I would say it, uh, maybe a little differently. Um, we don't want to be focused on blame. We want to be focused on solutions in our company. Mm-hmm. If we're focused on blame, then we're not making progress. If we're focused on solution, then we're making progress. So, Right. That's a rule of thumb here, actually, is you can always have, there's always going to be problems, but if you don't have a solution to correct that problem, don't talk to me, get a solution and then we can talk. And I think we have to be tolerant of mistakes and look for pattern failure. Again, when I'm teaching management leadership, I'm, I'm teaching people to look for pattern failure. If you're not tracking numbers, if you're not looking at information, then, or if you're really having a bad day, you may blow up when a mistake is made instead of looking for the pattern failure. Mistakes are a part of business. Mistakes are a part of life. They're going to happen no matter how good you are. And there has to be some tolerance uh, and something built in for mistakes. And then if you're a good manager, you're actually looking for pattern failure and, and looking for solutions to pattern failure with your team routinely, most of the time. I, I would say that there's never, there's never a time where there's never an option. Because there's always, there's always an option. There's always something you can figure out. It might take a little more brain power, might take some help, might take bouncing ideas off of someone else, but there's always an option. It's mm-hmm. never hopeless, you know. And with that mentality going at it and again being more solution focused, hey, no, if I if I always know that there's always going to be an option, then anytime I come up to an obstacle, I know that. There's good. There's an option. I have some way to get around this somehow. Uh, Dad, you use the reference. Um, some basketball guy. Uh, if there's a wall, I'll go through it. I'll go Mike, under it. Michael I'll go Jordan. Over it. I'll go. Yeah, the basketball. There's a Michael guy. Jordan quote. Um, so it's a great quote, frankly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it's it's interesting. A lot of this stuff. It's fun, it's fun for me because I've got young kids, and these are all lessons I work with my kids on too. You know, when you said earlier, like we're all kids inside, uh, I think that what works with for managing people and and getting the best out of people also works for managing children and getting the best out of children. I I don't see it as being different, right? Um, and and I think if you're a dictator, either in your own home or in your business, you'll never get the best from the people that that are there. You you just won't. You really think about it. True. If you so, really think about it, we are just big babies. Yeah, that's the truth. <laughs> a little worse on some days than others, but there's, uh, there's gonna be some there's gonna be some burly technicians out there that are getting offended. Yeah. How <laughs> dare you call rough. me a baby? So, well, you know, so you, we all carry our we all carry our our um we're we are a function <laughs> of uh not only chemicals and and personalities, but we're also a function of our environment and what's happened to us. And we we all of us carry something with us and and we may be aware of it we may not be aware of it but i think that there is a child inside all of us that just wants 
mom, dad, whoever to be happy with us. And, mm-hmm. and I think we're more comfortable in that circumstance than when they're not happy with us. So, so for the shops out there that who, who are watching this and potentially realizing that they might have a culture problem, you know, what's, what's the first steps that you would take to implement a culture shift? Define the culture you, you want. I don't think you can, I don't think you can move forward without having some idea of what, what you expect or what you want. So that would be step number one for me. Go ahead, Julie, you were going to say something. And then actually Brie was. No, that's, no, that's really good Cecil. Um, I was, I was going to say, start with yourself, start with, uh, building habits yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I agree with Cecil, but I, I guess I'll give an example. One of the things that I do is I keep little cards on hand and I prep them. They say, thank you. Um, and then I'll write out a note to somebody in the company, um, just to say, thank you. So a handwritten note goes, I mean, seriously a long way. Again, I'm not an expert in this stuff, but I love listening to experts and a bunch of them talk about the value of a handwritten note. Uh, I have old handwritten notes from other people um, that it's just, there's just something about it. So uh, that's a really easy one. It doesn't have to be long, but just recognizing somebody um, for something that they did or something that you noticed about them goes a long way. So that's a really good habit to just slowly start building. And then I'd say one other habit um, and it depends on your shop environment, right? But I'm, so I do our marketing. I'm an office person. Um, and so I'm walking through the shop and then into my office. It'd be really easy for me to just go through the shop, head down, go into the office and get my work done. Uh, but what I purpose to do is to, as I'm walking in each morning, say hi to my team by name. Um, people love hearing their name. It's science. They just do trust me. Um, and it makes them feel like recognized as an actual person. And Mm -hmm. that to me builds appreciation when somebody feels seen as a human, um, and, and, and an individual, they feel more appreciated. So that that's just a practice that I've done. Whenever I go to a shop and I'm about my business and I have a mission to get to, um, I make sure that on my way, I am saying hi to each person by name and then looking for an opportunity to talk a little more, um, if the day allows, but just saying hi to somebody by their name as you're going to what you're doing is a really, really simple, low level way to start. Um, I would, I, I would add, that. I would add, um, you seem extremely genuine to me. And I think that's important that we're not, um, that we're genuine. Uh, mm. and I think, I think Agreed. the thing, a thing that a handwritten note does is it says, I took a little time, to put my thoughts together and write something down instead of, you know, I, I think sometimes I, I, I use sarcasm a lot and I think it's, it's probably a negative thing in most cases. We, we no. To, oh, shut up. Um, <laughs> Ken, was that sarcasm? That's dirty. That's, yeah. um, we, we have to, we, we can't be in gen, we have to be genuine when we Definitely. thank people. I mean, right. we really have to, to feel it and mean it. Um, or, or it actually can be a negative instead of a positive. Right. So, yeah, that's why I, you know, I, I'm as honest as I can be mm-hmm. about the good and the bad. Uh, people tend to take what I say, you know, more seriously that way. If I'm being honest about everything, then when I say good stuff, they know that I mean it. Mm, right. Something that I do, um, you know, that that's become a, a regular thing for me. Every Friday we get pay stubs in the mail. Someone drops them off and 
my one of the owners here, Jim, he he sat me down and said, you know, when you're handing handing out the pay stubs, this is somewhat something that I learned a long time ago. You go up to the person, you shake their hand and say thank you. So just that little bit of something, cool. you know, kind of reflects the handwritten note in a way. It's very personal yeah. you say for your hard work. Um, and that's something, Julia, I'll take from you that I'll actually start doing um, myself. So. I like the thank you card idea. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. But who wants to pile of thank you cards on their desk? Oh, come on. <laughs> Cecil, put them in a cupboard. <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> no, I, I, Use I a like scratch to, uh, note. It doesn't matter what it's go. on. Use there a napkin. Who cares? Anything. When I have awkward blocks of time in between stuff, you know, 15, 20 minutes, something like that, and uh, I don't have anything else pressing, I'll go and I'll kind of do a walk around. You know, mm-hmm. how are you doing? Uh, what's going on with you? You know, I want to be involved and make sure that that my employees know that I care about them and what's going on in their lives. And I, I genuinely do. Same because here. if I have somebody working for me, I don't know who they are. I don't know that I trust that, <laughs> you know, oh, I don't yeah, know I, who's working for me and that we we're all, we all hold the same values and goals and vision for the company. You we know? all have different things that, that excite us or make us happy. And I think as owners or managers, we need to learn what it is for our people. And, and you know, having those conversations allows you the opportunity to learn those things so that you can work them into ways to help develop them as a person. I don't know. I always see my point as my, my job as a manager is to develop people yep. and help them grow personally and professionally. Mm. Right. So I want to provide them the opportunity to grow on a personal level. That might be, you know, uh, skills that they want to learn or provide more free time. You know, Lex, she likes to travel a lot and uh, we worked it out. She ended up moving to Oregon And so she's moved to Oregon, but we still have a a solid connection with the company. So providing those opportunities for her to pursue the lifestyle she wants is part of my job as a manager is to create that opportunity for her. You know, I I think, I think we need to be paying attention to how we can help our people continuously. And um, if we have to write it in our calendars um, so that we actually stop and do it, we need to do that. Uh, I love the thank you cards, um, Julie. I think that's fantastic. When we got paychecks, um, I wanted to hand those out and always shake the hand of the person that I was handing their paycheck and thank them for working. Yeah, but direct deposit is so convenient. I know, I know. <laughs> it is, but that's really cool though. It yeah. also it also takes, but so you can still say thank you. Right. Um, I had employees that at the end of the day would come by my office, just kind of float by my office towards the end of the day as they were leaving because they wanted their pet on the back. And, and so I had three or four people that as they were walking out, I was like, Hey, Phil, you know, great day today, man. You really killed it or whatever. Or if he had a bad day, I was like, Phil, man, I know it was a tough day today, but tomorrow's going to be great. You know, you're going to do great tomorrow. And, and creating that kind of a habit where you actually had employees that would come by. It was, it was really interesting because they could have went out the other way easier. Right. they, They walked by my office with the door open so that I could do that. Um, paying attention enough to recognize, you know, that and be able to do that for your people, I think is, is cool. Mm-hmm. So that's something about the kind of leader you are, Cecil. Well, I, it's not, uh, it's really not the same here. It makes me crazy because we built this, these beautiful offices and now we only have like two yeah. or three people in here a day. Cause a lot of our people are working remote. It's a lot. It's harder. all right. We're going to, we're growing in 2022. Yeah. So those of you <laughs> out there who are looking for, 
positions, hit me up. Um, an in-office one. Okay. Yeah, in we like to have somebody close by. Um, we have beautiful offices. They're all brand new. They smell like fresh paint. They are beautiful. And most they days it's just me and Kent here. So it's like, oh my gosh. Dang. Yeah, you, right. you need some friends. So, uh, so I do. We're getting near the end of this thing. Um, it's November. It's a time to be thankful. What are some final thoughts we can leave the audience with? Final thoughts. Yeah. yeah um, I'd love to share a final thought. Okay. So that the gratitude, the culture, the company culture, all of that, I just want to say, and we mentioned it a couple of times throughout brief, briefly, but I want to emphasize on the fact that your customers feel that too. Um, so the culture that you create, yes, it helps employee retention. Yes. It helps the individual. It helps your team like work better and be more efficient. Um, but not only that, it makes you a more desirable business for somebody to come in and spend their money at. Nobody wants to go to a place. You can feel it. You can feel the environment of any business when you go in and how the employees um, feel about their jobs. And so when you're creating that, you're creating something that is very desirable um, for your customers. So it's worth it for so many reasons. Um, so yeah, just do it. And I'll, yeah, and I'll keep getting better at it and growing. I just wrote down a note to, to call my clients and say, thank you. <laughs> there you go. Good job, Ken. Yeah, I'm going to do it. So Final, I'll go ahead, go ahead Bree. You, you were starting. You go ahead. I'll go last. <laughs> That's all right. Final thoughts for me is really just going to be the biggest thing for me is, and it's going to sound really, 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 um, what's the word? Um, basic, but just smile. I'm huge with smiling. Uh, you know, smile, smile, smile that I nail that home every single day. If, if you're not smiling, something needs to be talked about. So, and that there needs to be a solution for that. So you can be happy and continue your day at work. Um, Cause if you're not, then culture isn't there. So that's good, Brie. I, I think your, your, your happiness and your smile are so important um, mm-hmm. because I, I, I teach this class where I talk about, you know, the do's and don'ts of attitude. And if you're angry and mad, it's so easy to bring everybody down around you. And just, and, and those are the days where you're going to have a crappy day. I mean, not only personally, mm-hmm. but business wise, it's just not going to fall. It isn't going to fall, but if you're happy and you're up, those are the days that are more likely to be great days. You, you have to do that. Right. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to add one more thing to the whole thing. If you're an owner or manager, you need to do what it takes to keep your people engaged. And engaged means, you know, they're they're excited about uh, their place in the business. They're excited about their success in what they do. They're excited about serving your clients and and helping people, you know, take care of their cars. And and it shows in in how they deal with people. And I go through so many businesses where. I listen to phone calls. I listen to hundreds and hundreds of phone calls from service advisors who are not engaged with the customer. They're all they're doing. It's just like this automatic Bob's auto instead of, you know, thank you for calling Bob's auto. How can I serve you today? What can I do for you? Right. And, and, and being engaged. Um, I, I think we have to have an active plan of engagement for our businesses to keep our employees engaged and happy in what they do. And it's not about money all the time. It's a, it's really is so many other little things that you can do as an owner or a manager 
like thank you notes and uh, a smile on your face and a, a pat on the back. And when they've had a tough day, recognize it and let them know that tomorrow it, it, it'll be better. And uh, because it always is better tomorrow after a bad day. So, so anyway, that's my, my final thoughts there. Perception is reality. And uh, having a, a, grat- a gratitude mindset and culture in your business helps focus the perception of your team on the things that are good, right? We even, you know, uh, Bree, I do coaching with you. I haven't worked into my coaching where we're talking about the things that you've accomplished and the progress you've made. So we can acknowledge that growth. That's all part of it. Because if you see the opportunity and what's good that's in your life, that's what you'll be fixated on. And if you're not doing that and you have a culture that is actively looking for all the problems and flaws and stress and all of that in your business, then that's the kind of reality you're creating in your company. Mm-hmm. So I, I think gratitude is insanely important. Um, and that just feeds into that perception. And uh, I want to thank you, you know, Julia, Bree, for being on the podcast. I have to um, add one more little thing okay, before go you ahead. wrap it up. I really have to add this. Um, he has to, everybody. <laughs> be nice. Be nice to the old guy. Um, we 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 have to remember January, February, March, and and the rest of the year. We can't only do this in in mm-hmm. uh, you know around Thanksgiving or, or 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 Christmas. And we have to be very very genuine uh, with with this with our with our people and 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 help them to win. And we have to constantly be doing that. And that's going to create. A, a much better culture and environment that's going to help our companies and it's going to help our employees to be successful and to live. Uh, oh, and, and what I really wanted to say when you said something rude and kind of <laughs> distracting, don't say it, live it. You have to do it. You can't say one thing and do something else. Your actions and your words need to come together in, with, with an attitude of gratitude and, and the thought that how do I help these people succeed? Daily practice. Yeah. I love it, guys. This was good. Thank you so much again. Those of you who are listening, if you enjoyed it, give us a like and a share. Um, Check out uh, our episode on December 8th, where we're going to be doing an annual holiday update episode. one we do every year, where we kind of talk about what the Institute has been involved with for the year, what is what we've accomplished, what we've completely, you know, blew up uh, our failures as well. And just kind of a, a, a review in that. We're going to be talking about some of the clients that we've worked with and their wins as well. And then talking about the future of our company, what we'd like to do in the industry. Um, so it's going to be about us, but it's also going to be about what we're doing with everyone else. And uh, if you want to tune in and listen to that, you can check it out on December 8th. And uh, yeah, if you have any other questions for us and want to uh, reach out to us about building a culture of gratitude and a successful business, uh, if your company is not where you'd like it to be, please reach out to us at weartheinstitute.com. Uh, we'd love to talk to you. And thank you again so much for being on this episode. That's it for this one. And we'll see you guys in the next one. Thank you, guys. See you, guys. Bye, guys. Thanks. That's it for this one. This episode was brought to you by gearforshops.com, the Gearheads Network, and the Institute. For a better business, a better life, and a better industry, visit weartheinstitute.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you in the next one.